You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. I vomited last night. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. I literally vomited. I threw up. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the show, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainert and Rico joining you guys as usual. 402-464-5685, the phone number to call or text the entire show. Honda of Lincoln Hotline, the Sarter Heyman text line, both open for you guys, as well as the Sarter Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and on Allo Channel 951 for your televisions. Um, now it's time to go to the Allo VIP line, where we're going to bring up a friend of ours, Amy Just of the Lincoln Journal Star joins us now on the Allo VIP line. Amy, how's it going? Um, first question for you. What in the world is it like to be an AP poll voter? <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's definitely wild. This is my first time voting for uh, the SBS uh, Top 25. I was an SBS Top 25 voter uh, a million lives ago. That was a lot harder So, Amy, you're kind of, as we mentioned earlier, you're kind of like a jack of all trades. You've been just about everywhere. I think it was like last week you were at volleyball, football, soccer, and softball. So I guess my question is, where in the world is Amy just today? We're, we're going to talk volleyball and football with you. Let's start with football as uh, Nebraska faces Louisiana Tech tomorrow at 2.30. Um, kind of a, a wild weekend in Nebraska football, which I guess you can argue that there's never a dull weekend for, for Matt Rule's team. But, I mean, Nebraska loses Gabe Irvin and Ramir Johnson this week or this week to uh, season-ending injuries. Uh, how Tomorrow's game matches up really well for Nebraska up against Louisiana Tech's pretty bad rushing defense. I mean, how much Emmett Johnson and Quentin Ives will we see compared to maybe an Anthony Grant in tomorrow's game? Yeah, so I'm not entirely sure how they're going to play that. Um, I think the weather is definitely going to have a role to play, especially if it's too windy and too rainy to throw the ball. So I'm really fascinated to see what they divide things up as. I think Anthony will get the lion's share of the carries, uh, but I don't know if it's going to be like 50, 30, 20, if it's going to be a little more even than that. Um, I'm really interested to see not only just how much Grant plays, but how much I plays. I think uh, Emmett Johnson, um, they are really high on him, and they're high on Quentin too, but he's definitely a different type of back. So I wonder if him specifically is going to be more situational. Uh, 
Sorry, I just lost my question. Uh, we're speaking with Amy Jess of the Lincoln Journal Star. Amy, with the, the the running back situation, we know what's going on. Well, we don't know what's going on, but they lose their top two backs. I want to talk to you about the quarterback situation with uh, Jeff Sims possibly still on a hobbled ankle. He did play or did practice for Nebraska, but Heinrich Harburg did a good job of running the offense and just taking care of the ball against Northern Illinois. If you were Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rule, would you want to put Jeff Sims into this one and kind of get the ball rolling again with him as your starting quarterback or just ride the hot hand and have Heinrich Harburg keep the reins and, and see if you can't get Jeff Sims back to 100%? Yeah, so for me, the, the biggest question for me would be how what percent is Jeff? And if he is anything other than 100%, no. Don't risk it. It's, you know, mud and messed up ankles don't necessarily go well together. I know it's not a grass field, but rain and sloppiness and ankles are just a bad combination. So if you have him coming off of that plus a wet, gross game, like, I don't like that. Like, I don't like that at all. Um, I don't like that for anybody, but especially not somebody who's coming off of a lower body injury. So I would ride with Harvard and continue this conversation in the next week. Give him another week to kind of recover, see where he's at, and then figure out what you want to do moving forward, starting with that. We're speaking to Amy Just of the Lincoln Journal Star, and Amy, I guess sticking with the offense really quickly here, I I feel like Marcus Satterfield is getting a lot of a lot of crap and a lot of flack sent his way for for how bad this offense has looked, and and maybe in certain situations the play calling hasn't been all that great, and there's definitely some questions that have been uh, brought to you know brought to the forefront. But this is at the end of the day an offense that has not been able to get into a rhythm a whole lot. I, I mean, especially led by Jeff Sims in those first two games, this is an offense that's really struggled because of maybe bad decisions on the players' part. I, I guess, where are you at through three games with Marcus Satterfield and just this offense and, and some of his decisions with play calling and such? Yeah, so remember when, before the season, everybody was super high on Nebraska thinking, oh, they're going to make a bowl game, they're going to win eight games. People got mad at me for saying that, you know, Nebraska's going to win five games this year, and then look where we're at. Like, I think that the hope of a new season inflated a lot of people's expectations, especially early. Mm-hmm. And I just think we've all got to bring it down just a little bit. They have played three games. And you know, you look at the playmakers that Nebraska has, and you lose IGC for the year. You lose Gabe Urban for the year. You lose Ramir Johnson for the year. And we're only through three games. And that doesn't even factor in that somebody that you thought would be a reliable receiver for them in Xavier Vest left the program before the season started. So I think you have to factor all of that in mm-hmm. as well. And you've got you know, starting offensive lineman that hasn't really played much um, because he is coming off of injury too. So I don't know if I buy into all of that just yet because it's so early and so many playmakers who have proven that they can do it are out for the rest of the year. Now, I'm not making excuses for him. It sounds like I am, but 
I just think it's too early to, you know, dogpile onto him because it's early. Um, there are valid criticisms. I think mm-hmm. the wide receivers need to step up, and it kind of makes me question as to why they haven't played the young ones in a, you know, past a limited role. And so, like, okay, they're actually playing for, like, series at a time instead of plays here and there. But I'm not going to be overly harsh on Marcus just Oh, I guess with that in mind, I think what something that's kind of stuck out to me over these last couple of weeks and, and through the struggles and through the roller coasters that is Nebraska football is we've heard a lot more often than maybe we did in the offseason of Matt Rule kind of saying in the conversations that he's had with us, like, this is why you hire me, like the, the slow process. And obviously, a lot of these thoughts and, and kind of just like concerns arise because of what other programs are doing and doing it so quickly. But it really stuck out to me and kind of like made me perk my ears up a little bit when I heard Matt Rule say one week, it was he was like, hey, listen, this is why you hire me. This is not going to be a fast thing. This is a this is a, a long term uh, kind of project, if you will. And and that just kind of like sub, not surprised me, but we, we've seen kind of a tone shift, I think, over the last couple of weeks where it's like, hey, be patient because this is why I'm here. I, it's for the long haul. It's a long-term rebuild, and that's why you bring in a guy like Matt Rule, I guess. Yeah. Because this is why I'm here. It's for the long haul. It's a long-term rebuild, and that's why you bring in a guy like Matt Rule, I guess. Yeah. I mean, he said similar sentiments in the spring. I just don't think anybody was listening that slow because everybody was just kind of excited. Mm-hmm. He said in the week leading up to the spring game, this is a 4-8 and eight football team right now. That quote has been just wedged into my brain since yeah. I've done it. Because rarely do you have a coach before the season even starts be that frank about the situation that they have. So while I am optimistic for the future and you look to the young playmakers on defense for some of that optimism because woo are some of those guys playing really well right now. Yeah. But you know, that rule said the quiet part out loud in the spring. I just don't think anybody was really listening. Mm-hmm. All right, we're speaking with Amy Just of the Lincoln Journal Star down in Lawrence right now, but Nebraska volleyball opens up their Big Ten season tonight against Ohio State. And Amy, me, you, and a couple of the other uh, people out at volleyball were joking around about uh, getting our tickets for Tampa already. Uh, can can you just give us your impression on how how good this team actually is because if you look around the country there are about six undefeated teams but wisconsin who's the number one team you know rightfully so with with most of if not almost all of the first place votes um has already gone to five sets with i think three other teams and and although those teams have been really good uh nebraska's only dropped three sets this season so in in your own words how good is this nebraska this very young nebraska volleyball team and they are continuing to get better with every match. I was really impressed with how well they played against Kentucky, especially when you don't have Lindsey Crowley and Wayne Chilboy in there. Um, I thought that Macy Bozinger did a phenomenal job stepping in um, in the two rotations that she played last week. And I thought that, man, uh, 
Allie Raythorn did a phenomenal job, too, um, in the four rotations that she played. I mean, people forget that she was such a catalyst in Nebraska's run two years ago, and then she stepped up and played a, uh, a really hard position to play last season in the NCAA tournament when Kenzie Knuckles uh, was out for the remainder of the season towards the end of the year. So she, man, she's so good. And it's, it's crazy to think that she's coming off the bench. So the depth that this team has behind its incredible starters, I mean, it's very enviable for everybody else because I don't think any other team is in the same position that Nebraska is right now. Amy, I guess, how much did we learn about this Nebraska volleyball team this last week? I mean, because well, there's been a lot of discussion regarding the schedule and, and Nebraska, while other teams maybe started out with top five and top ten opponents, Nebraska started out with Utah State, Lipscomb. I think, obviously, Omaha was in there with the big crowd on hand in Memorial Stadium. But then now, this past week, they face of number five Stanford and number 21 Kentucky at the time and handle their business. I mean, how much did we learn over just this last seven days, or I should say since Stanford more specifically, about this Nebraska volleyball team? John Cook set out this schedule intentionally. He wanted to ramp up. He wanted to have some quote-unquote easier matches early. I don't think he would ever say that word, but I will. Um, And then you play really, really tough teams at the end of your non-conference season. And I think that was perfect for this team. Not because the freshmen aren't talented. They're incredibly talented. But the speed of the game is different. And you have to, number one, figure out the rotation that you want to go with. Figure out how they play together. Figure out how... You know, the on-court chemistry and all of those things, it is much easier to do that when you're not playing a Stanford, when you're not mm-hmm. playing a Kentucky, when you're not playing Creighton. And so when you have the opportunity to do that early on and build that confidence, that helps tremendously. And so I think it played out perfectly for them. We're speaking with Amy Jessling, a journal star. One last question before we let you go, Amy and this freshman class that came in for Nebraska volleyball, we heard the big names of the Harper Murray, the Berg and Riley, Laney Choboy, who was once committed to Minnesota, decommitted, committed to Nebraska. But one of the names that I, I feel like might have flown under the radar for a while, Andy Jackson, um, in the latest, um, not rankings, but like offensive, I guess offensive rankings for middles around the country, she comes in at number one. And after the breakout season that Becca Alec had last year, and she's still having a great season this year. Um, having you know two extremely young middles right there. I mean, what is your take on on how John Cook is able to not even reload, but just rearm himself with all of these amazingly talented players? And and how does he even go about getting so much playing time for all of them? You know, you mentioned Ali Batenhorst coming off the bench despite her amazing talent. I don't envy John in that sense, trying to figure out how to make everybody happy with their playing time because this team is incredible. And their bench can start for just about every other Big Ten team. 
So, yeah, it's wild. When I think of Andy, I think back to the open practices that we had at the beginning of the season. And I did a column with vignettes of what I saw in my tapes from every freshman in that first class, in that first practice. And I could not stop watching Andy. And I think that she has grown tremendously since then. I think that she'd be a really good outside, too. Like, just the power that she has and the, the raw talent that you can see slowly starting to take shape and become more refined. I'm really excited about her prospects. I can't wait to keep watching her play uh, over the course of her career. I think she's already phenomenal, and the potential that she has is through the roof. That is Amy Just of the Lincoln Journal Star. Amy, appreciate the time. Have a safe trip back to Lincoln from Lawrence, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow at Nebraska-Louisiana Tech. Yes, we will. Thanks, guys. That is Amy Just. Appreciate her time, as always. should definitely hear from her down the road. Um, good, a lot of good stuff there, especially regarding Nebraska volleyball and just the the depth that they have throughout their entire roster. It's um, a crazy team. It, it is. It is. And and Andy Jackson's one of those that not a lot of people are discussing and talking about. But um, you can definitely see her talent kind mm-hmm. of taking shape, as as Amy said. And uh, you can jump. you can hear it when when that ball hits the floor oh, off of her hand. When she gets solid contact, it sounds it sounds yeah. different. Similar um, to Harper she, Murray too. Exactly. Look, Harper Murray, I still don't understand how and like this isn't a dig or anything, but like but uh, her 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 arms are so thin and she has like the most power on the team. It, mm. you know, it's just the rotation, everything that she puts behind it. But it is crazy how much power she puts behind her swing. But Andy Jackson, I mean John Cook mentioned it before, she's one of the more athletic players on this roster. Yeah. But she was just, you know, a little bit raw. So now with her slowly figuring things out and slowly getting much better at this whole volleyball thing, it's not like she wasn't talented before. Things are really starting to click for her, and it's looking real fun. Let's uh, let's go ahead and take our break. When we come back, it's time for weekend's picks. A lot of good college football, football games coming your way, and we'll pick them all with Austin and Strick coming up next on the Happy Hour. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.